Which movie? Which movie is he voting on? Yeah, yeah, he, he we, we heard is he he's in the a drop zone one. He's a gigantic Passenger Fifty Seven fan, so yeah, he is for that movie. Yeah, he, he oh, he's re- really upset he didn't get in it. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute undeniable and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh, just shit my pants. I'm Patrick Remyon. Uh That's a, a Mark Marin uh, deep cut reference to the coffee ads he used to do in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> the one line from New Jack City I thought you were going to do was um, shut up, you no-talking bastard. <laughs> I had a line I actually wanted to do, and I uh, I wrote it down. Let me look at my uh, man. The coolest thing ever to do in a podcast is to just like rummage through your notes, rummage through Patrick's notes, and as we all yeah. know, he's got his his entire lair is like John Doe from Seven. He's got so many notebooks and notes <laughs> and all this stuff. Oh yeah, I have a million, I have a million notes, a uh, million layers. Um, here we go. Uh, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to find that line. It's done. Uh, Welcome to the Academy Academy. Yes. That's what you say. I'm That's just... what I said. But you can you can jump in and say it. <laughs> you know, these we got we have two hot movies to talk yes. about today. So we are coming in hot. I just think you know we are in the Law and Order first matchup in the Law and Order bracket region. Yes. Um, we've had two competitive games the last two weeks, to say the least. Oh, with, for um, sure. Major League eking it out over the fan. And two Wong Fu's, dare I say, rise. Oh. Cinderella story, perhaps, of this oh. entire tournament. Defeating Dolomite is my name in a, in a strong first round matchup. The Phoenix Julie Newmar. <laughs> yes. The, yeah. Julie Newmar ascendant. <laughs> Julie Newmar ascendant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it, uh, we do have an interesting twist this week. Um, First guest this season that is not a family member of mine, as far as Whoa. I know. As far as I know, I, I, I we haven't we haven't uh, done the. Don, um... I've got some news for you. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Third episode in, I've gained a brother, and that's all I ever wanted. Uh, today's guest is the a brother wonderful... and a father. <laughs> what the deuce? complicated family history yeah, <laughs> very much so uh we have the wonderful and funny mark andrew wilson joining Woo! us this week to talk about two bangers welcome to the academy mark thanks guys i'm just sitting to this chair with some c4 strapped me ready for you guys to pull the blue wire <laughs> just don't let judd nelson be your bomb squad guy yeah, come <laughs> on <Let's> judd <laughs> He is so lucky that <laughs> he he's very lucky it worked to, to to save dead Chris Rock. Yeah, a dead, <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah, a dead, a dead Chris Rock. A dead R.I.P. Spoilers, spoilies. Hey, we'll get there soon enough. Uh, yes, of course, we're talking <clears throat> New Jack City. We're talking Sugar Hill this week. Uh, before we get into that, though, Mark, 
I got to ask you, what is your Snipes saga? Have you long-term fan? Do you remember some videos from when you were a kid? Or do you hate him? Also, all of this is on the table. I, I, uh, I was first introduced to the uh, great Wesley Snipes uh, as um, his iconic role as Willie Mays Hayes in Major League. Yes. Uh, I am drawing a blank on who they recast him for me, Major League Two. Oh, <laughs> was it? Wasn't wasn't it an Epps? It was what? Wasn't it like Omar Epps or something? I think like that? it was yeah. Omar Epps. I'm just basing yeah. this off of my brain memories. It's so funny because I think I've seen like the intro. It's to Omar Major... Epps, who's a good, uh, who's a very good actor, but we remember Wesley too well as Willie Mays Hayes. Oh yeah. yeah. He was, he was that kind. Of, I mean, Omar did a great job. Uh, but, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like Speed Two, how they bring in like Jason Patrick. Like yeah. Jason Patrick's fine, but you can't, you know, you can't take out a Keanu and just no. have it be fine. Like, and you also know, you can't... take it off of land and put it into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have gone into the air. Oh well, yeah. Um, mm. Next, uh, next very week. Spoiler <laughs> alert: Passenger Fifty Seven arrives, and we'll be going. We'll be taking it to the air in a Die Hard in the Air kind of scenario. Yeah. yeah. I was. Uh, so I was doing some. Uh, so that was my first movie. I, I, I would not say I'm pro or anti or like anything Wesley Snipes. I like. I looked at your list and through his IMDb page of like the sixteen movies before this, I'd seen about half. Uh, and, um, a lot of them were like, like I was a kid and my parents rented like murder in 1600 and we watched that once. And so that's about the extent of my, I remember, I think like the opening scene from like, like with the president getting murdered, like sleeping with someone or something like that. Uh, but like, I've seen a, a handful of stuff, um, happy that he's back in our lives. He was great in, uh, coming to America recently. Yes. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I love, I love the Blade franchise, um, but like no real, like, I feel like I was too young to enjoy some of his nineties movies. And then he kind of just was hanging around, not doing much. And then, you know, he went to prison for three years. Uh, he was um, like, unlike our previous topics, Meryl Streep and Al Pacino, (laughs) no prison time for those two. No prison time for, well, as far as we know, Streep, you know, she'll cut you. Yeah, mm. well, well, his was like also like like didn't file his taxes for three years. Yeah, yeah, he his he just wasn't interested. Didn't seem to be particularly interested in doing any of that. <laughs> Which hey, I get it a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, you know, that was also his peak finance, like because that was like around like Blade time, wasn't that? Yeah, like, when he was making his big his big bucks. Yeah, I, mean, I would imagine by the time he got to Blade Three, he was. Um you know, demanding quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's, that's like the story that Patton uh, Oswalt, Oswalt has uh, spun. The yarn he has spun. His, yeah, Wesley's lunatic behavior on the set of Blade 3 completely defined by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> I haven't heard this. Uh, oh, to... it's, a, it's an AV Club article from about 10 years ago or so, eight, eight or nine years ago, something like that, okay. Patrick. And yeah, um, yeah he just kind of spilled all the beans on all the like yeah snipes was like in his trailer smoking weed the entire time they couldn't get him out they cast ryan reynolds and it is like the second lead and he was clearly like trying to give ryan reynolds absolutely nothing because he did not want ryan reynolds to outshine him 
in the movie. Uh, he was mean to like everybody on set and wouldn't look him in the eye and all, yeah, all he the was usual having, stuff. Yeah, he was not like he was not copacetic with I think David S. Goyer. Mm-hmm. I think that was the director. Yeah, yeah. The and then creative difference, big time creative differences with the director too. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was he was at his like peak diva at that point. Sounds like yeah, but it, I think so. I, I, I heard he's do he's better now. I would guess. Yeah. I mean, the way he's shown up in Dolomite and the way he's shown up in like you mentioned the coming, coming to, America. to America sequel, he's super funny. He still has it, like the kind of charm and you know the star quality. But he seems like a lot more open, just being like the weirdo who steps in for 10 minutes of the movie and kind of steals the show and he doesn't have to be like martial arts master you know action god <laughs> at this stage wielding, a, wielding a sword all around yeah i mean i got i watched um so i watched passenger 57 to get a jump on things like right before we came on tonight <laughs> and there's this part where the, the the flight attendant goes are you good at your job and he just looks at her with a totally straight face he goes I'm the best. And you're like, yeah, I believe it. I believe you are the best. <laughs> like, and he proves it over. And every one of the movies, like, yeah, that guy's really good. Like, you don't want to fuck with him. He's yeah. like gonna kick your ass. <laughs> this is this is a character that is playing at the top of his intelligence. Yeah, the, at the top of his intelligence is with rad spin kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I I think I hope we see. He just did this. Um, miniseries with kevin hart on Ooh. netflix where he played kevin hart's like troubled brother and what was that um, called i think i may have seen promotions for that some promotions for it i i didn't see it at all but um it's called, it's called true, true story yeah true yeah. story yeah, yeah 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 i saw that that was netflix i thought that was another whatever yeah but um i mean that these these are these are cool gigs between that and the, the eddie murphy stuff and you know the fact that eddie murphy's like back in those yeah. two movies as well and he's great in them it's like that's even more that's just as fun in general as well but um, um i imagine he also respects eddie murphy more than he respects you know 2002 ryan reynolds yeah whose biggest <laughs> thing was uh uh van, van wilder, wilder that was yeah point. he was coming off of van wilder yeah. still he was hot <laughs> up of his uh like one scene in dick <laughs> right i mean it, to be fair they spent a good decade trying to make Ryan Reynolds a movie star, and it took him another decade after that for it to finally happen. Yeah, They're like this guy's—he's he, got to have it. He's a—he's a—he's a hunk. He's—he's he's a hunk. He's charming. He's funny. Two guys, a girl, in a pizza place. Yeah, like he pops. He's got to be a star, right? We just—but then it turned out it's just he had to have him doing like kind of perfect weight where they can fly now jokes, and you know he's taking it all the way home. Epic. He's a very he's epic. He's epic. Bacon. He's, he's an very, epic. Ba- yeah, he's, he's epic very epic bacon. bacon. He's an epic. <laughs> bacon. He's an epic baconsman. <laughs> Unlike Kevin Bacon, who's just a regular baconsman. Yep, for sure, for sure. But I, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Wesley's later career. I think we got two kind of down the middle, young, kind of peak, becoming a star. Wesley mm-hmm. Snipes' performances oh, yeah. here. Um, you know, two opposite sides of um, he's a drug lord in both films. One, he's enjoying it immensely. The other one, he's got a few questions and a few regrets about the yeah, entire it's thing. Like, yeah. oh, maybe this isn't fun. No, no. Perhaps they will show you in black and white 
in extended flashback sequences just where those regrets come from. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to start off with New Jack City. Um, I think, Patrick, out of what we've covered, so we've covered a lot of good performances so far. I think this is like the first time we've met him where he's playing like a truly kind of like larger than life. This this is the character, one of the characters he's really, I think, going to be remembered for is Nino oh, Brown. For sure. This is like uh, perhaps uh, it's in his like top four iconic performances, maybe top three or two. Yeah, uh, it's just like, yeah, and he gets to do a little bit of everything, which is fun. Like he gets like the big, like sorrowful moment. He gets to kind of like chew up scenery. Uh, he gets to like straight up murder people. Like it's a lot. A lot of, yeah, a lot of murdering. Like yeah. a lot of like wild Batman style murdering where he's yeah. hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> it's like, does he have a Spider Man web? Like just yeah, it's, oh, it's wild. Um, it rules. It's the, uh, sta- the stats here. This this movie came out in 1991. It is both when you watch it, you're like it's definitively 90s, but at the same time, wow, over over 30 years ago, it does seem insane that is that old um directed by mario van peebles written by thomas lee wright and barry michael cooper barry michael cooper will come up again momentarily because he also wrote our next film and this yep. is part of the his harlem trilogy <laughs> along with above the rim which i almost watched that has nothing to do with leslie snipes i just after watching these two i was like i want to watch that one too oh, um, for sure. co-starring with wesley snipes i mean we got we got a murderer's row in this movie. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> oh, firing at all cylinders, almost uniformly too. Oh yeah, uh, we was. got Ice T uh, playing the co-lead, basically the inexplicably named Scotty Appleton. <laughs> like that is not who I imagine a Scotty Appleton to look like or act like. Yeah, I know that is a a meek. Uh, Scotty Appleton is a meek man. He, who plays, works. he played left field on my little league team. He is the assistant manager at Chase Bank. Yeah, he's, he's gunning like, for manager. Gunning. He's, yeah, he's one of the kids from the fucking Sandlot. Now, now yeah. I'm just picturing Ice T having all these jobs, yeah. and I'm walking into a Chase Bank and talking to assistant manager Ice T. <laughs> yeah, he's like, man, you want to low? Get the fuck out of here. You know, you can you can see it all. He's wonderful. Uh, Alan Payne, who plays Gerald G. Money Wells, Nino's second in command. Uh, classic um, boy, man. He, Man- Manny from Scarface, really oh, came to mind. With, what a uh, Manny. With, Such a yeah, Manny. Real Manny. Uh, Chris yeah. Rock in the mix. Young, very young, very skinny Chris Rock. Pookie Benny Robinson, um, who undergoes quite a journey over the course of this 100 there, minutes like, movie uh, a, this movie is like a Cadbury egg where you open the movie and in it is a nougat core that is a Chris Rock also short film only yeah. 100 minutes long and it just packs it in it's awesome like he, he has an entire arc in like 10 minutes I know. Well, it, like, also they put him in rehab and the next scene is him clean and out of rehab and then he's like on the force yeah he's like on the heat they they put him in a special like dimension they send him to the phantom zone like like, he's the star of AA after he makes his final speech everybody's like bad emotional yeah great job Pookie you're the man come come, come be a police officer now I was was half expecting just like a golden trophy to be given like best AA like yeah you did it oh thank god so 
Next up, Judd Nelson is Nick Peretti. What a character. The white guy on the team. (laughs) Yeah, the classic, like every movie like this has this, the one white guy who they make sure he's competent. So like, hey, white guys, you can watch this movie too and not feel awkward. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, that but you know, and he and uh Scotty Appleton <laughs> do they start off button heads? Is it is do they have a rocky relationship? Because man, they are both two like guys who walk a fine line in their police work. We'll just put it that way. Oh yeah. Um leading the CMB operation is the director himself, Mario Van Peebles, who clearly like seems to have put himself in the movie to be the con- the social conscious of the movie. Every time he comes out, he goes, wait, guys, we got to do proper police work. Wait, this is about yeah. the community. Wait, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're just like, shut up, man. We're going to like go in with Uzis. Also, man, a top of the line Uzi movie. This one, like oh, yeah. all like the cool, like 90s arsenal and a uh, great squib movie. Oh, lots of squib action. Yeah. Yep. A lot of, lot of uh, red, red blobs blowing up. It's wonderful. It's awesome. And then um, we can, we have to mention Bill Nunn as the duh, duh, duh man. Um, oh. Enforcer. It's just an interesting, interesting <laughs> choices all around with they, whatever that they were trying to come up with with that character. I will say I am like, awesome. I oh, thought he was awesome. He's awesome. I'm bummed that like at one point they show that he's great at artwork and <laughs> I'm, I'm pissed off that they don't. They should have had like a scene where it's like, you know what? You can go to to like uh, RISD or something. Da da da, man. Like, let's let's, yeah. get, let's get you out of here. Let's let's you can, you know, work at D.C. Then um, we have to mention Vanessa Stell Williams, who plays Keisha, the oh, badass lady of the gang. She's great. She's, she's really fantastic. Who's totally badass. Uh, the movie was budgeted at $8 million, made 47.6 at the box office. Um, I don't have the rotten. To- oh, it has a 77%. And an 80 Rodian score, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Um, you know, it's Ebert gave it three and a half stars. Ebert was hip. Um, and of course, this movie has gone on in the world of hip hop to become like a truly just as iconic as Scarface. Like I had totally forgotten that the the building that they take over for their empire is called the Carter. And those are like Little Wayne's like series of um, like major oh, yeah. albums he put out about 10 years ago were all called the Carter. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. And for for maybe five years out of that, I was like, "Is this real? Is he Wayne Carter?" <laughs> like, I was like, "Why did he choose that?" But I watching this again, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, that makes sense." And in, in case you're wondering, I did look this up. Siskel disagreed with Ebert on this. One. Oh, yeah, Whoa. it doesn't seem like a Siskel seems a bit more of like a stick in the mud too. Like, just he yeah. thought it was glorifying drug and gangster culture too much. And I, although and, he was. Although he was closer to liking this one than he was the next one, I will say that. Much. Yeah. Um, and Ebert did bring up the idea, like, how it's impossible to make an anti-war movie because you kind of get excited. You know, like, Apocalypse Now is a finally anti-war movie, but, like, when you're watching, you're like, this is just too good to yeah. like, be excited about. And very similar to Scarface, which is both these are supposed to be cautionary tales about their, like, drug lord but and you'll ruining the neighborhood. But, but how many twenty-one-year-old uh, frat boys have a Tony Montana poster just sitting up in their bedroom, or yeah. just high on cocaine? 
they don't have a poster of Var- Mario Van Peebles character Stone on their wall. They have <laughs> Nino. Yeah. You know, although they should. Yeah, you should. Yeah, they should. They should. Yeah, and um, Lil Wayne has referred to himself as Young Nino, um, and a little. And the Cash Money Records named their entire label after the Cash Money Gang. Wow. In this film. And of course, the the in, truly one of the most insane professional wrestlers of all time, the dearly departed New Jack, named himself after this movie. New Jack, of course. The only wrestler who um, went on trial for attempting to murder his opponent <laughs> when things got a little out of hand in the ring. Um, oh my so, god! Yeah, what era of wrestler was he? He was the like late '90s, early 2000s. He was like an ECW guy. He would yeah. like dive off the balconies. He would come out to um, uh, the Dr. Dre um, Ice Cube song. What, what, oh my god! Um, why am I forgetting it? It's one of their better. Uh, their, uh, any, but he'd come out to it and he'd carry like a garbage can full of weapons. And before the match even started, he'd throw the garbage can into the ring and just start beating the shit out of people with like cheese graters and um, like crutches. And, and it was ne- none of his matches ever had like the referee like saying, guys, calm down. You'll get disqualified. It was just chaos from start to finish. He was a true true character and if you're more interested there was a really good episode of um dark side of the ring about his career and journey and he's because he was such a cult favorite because he was such a um like a wild like wild man like truly yeah. like you did not know what was going to come and he entered the crowd and would do all sorts of crazy put on trial for attempted murder at the job of like because like people like wrestlers like have murdered people but like yes. no one has done it try yeah, no one's he... been try to do it while they were wrestling yeah because basically it was the story was that this they his opponent new jack's opponent didn't show up to the match so they found this 300 pound kid in the crowd and they're like hey maybe you look you you kind of look like a wrestler you want to do it and he's like fuck yeah i want to do it and then he didn't realize like new jack was gonna like take it to him Oh, like, no. be- because he's like this newbie who was like he thought it was like disrespectful or something like that and so like obviously to get blood in wrestling you do the little either you do it yourself or your opponent like nicks you on the head with a razor blade yeah um new jack took out a like an exacto knife and like jabbed the kid <laughs> off the head and he pops up and you can watch it it's on youtube he pops up he's like already just gushing and, and the kid is like got this look on his you know, it, it was totally like wild west bullshit. So there's like no liability for. Him so they like sued. Time. They sued, and he of yeah. course had to go to the hospital for like blood loss. And he was st- technically stabbed in the head, so you could say, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but it was just wild and fascinating, fascinating story. So he named himself after this movie. Uh, and the basic uh, plot line in this movie is that. Um, Nino Brown and his gang, the Cash Money Brothers, become the dominant drug ring in New York. Uh, once they, they have a very like Freddie Mercury discovering Bohemian Rhapsody moment of discovering crack. <laughs> They're like, this just might work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is their like, uh, that is their, hey guys, I have a guy you need to listen to on the phone. I like, know, like, check this out. <laughs> yeah. <that> is... <laughs> oh, man. 
And uh, so he's and on the team is G Money, the Dada Man, Keisha, his girlfriend Selena, and her tech cat savvy cousin Kareem. Um, meanwhile, the movie opens with this insane foot chase. One thing I love about Mario Van Peoples, he'll show Ice T jump off of something that seems like it's like six stories high and just yes. land <laughs> on his feet and keep running. But like the way the stunt is, it's like he how far is this guy falling? It's awesome. It's, it's totally like, rad. That's like the height of like Daniel Craig's like jump into the water in Skyfall. Yeah. <laughs> like just like an insane, yeah. It's 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 nuts. It is it is and it from the jump this movie's like hyper kinetic oh yeah and just you're just Ooh. like this is so much fun <laughs> like it's just from the just from the very start and ice t is you know as we mentioned he's detective uh, scotty appleton <laughs> um, and he you know it doesn't it's not even revealed till the very end why he's so obsessed with um taking down nino and his family right but um so he takes down Pookie, Chris Rock, mm-hmm. after a very cool chase. Chris Rock rides this bike down this set of stairs that seems exceedingly dangerous for the stunt man who was doing it. It just looks great. Mm-hmm. And they put Chris, so Nino's gang kind of does the whole we're going to consolidate the power kind of montage mm-hmm. as they move on. Um, they, of course, there's an Italian gang who they have trouble with because it wouldn't be this kind of movie if there wasn't um that have rival italians but the cool thing i liked about this is that they take over this um basically it's a apartment complex in harlem called the carter they basically tell people you're either going to become customers or you're moving out and they developed this insane operation where they've taken over this fortress. The only thing I was hoping for was like a raid style. Yeah. Uh, like third act where they have to go in and like go room to room. And there's all sorts of traps and puzzles, and that kind of thing for uh, Scotty and his crew to take down. That would be uh, like a good, if they ever did like a reboot of this movie, that would be a fun element. Just like a, yeah, I, I think like, just yeah. it up. Yeah, like, but even more action. Not that this movie's like lacking in action mm-hmm. in the slightest. And so, um, Stone, Mario Van Peoples puts together a special group of kind of outsider cops. Yes. To like make this their operation, much like kind of like The Wire would do later on, except hard to say who is the more competent police crew (laughs) these guys are the guys on the wire (laughs) these guys don't run into bureaucracy so much as they run into just like firing weapons into crowds i would say the wires top tier is way better than everyone on this crew Mm -hmm. but the wires bottom tier is way worse than everyone on this crew so it's a weird balance of like you have your mcnulty you have your um uh what's his face the lester guy who Lester. lester Lester's yeah. better than any of these guys. Yes, he is. Way better yes. than any of these guys. Oh, yes. yeah. Lester's also, like, at least has, like, a conscience and, like, hasn't been totally, like, jaded by uh, how fucked up. I mean, I guess he is kind of jaded on some level. But, like, yeah, he wouldn't do a lot of the stunts that Appleton or uh, <laughs> Judd Nelson uh, no, that'd be a, be a different show. Seems legit from the start that Scotty and Judd are yeah. looking to kill people. Yeah, they're, <laughs> like, yeah, they're not great. They're, at the Wait. very least, they're compromised. But the counter to that is at least Judd Nelson's character, 
he shoots where he aims, whereas Prezbaluski yeah. is definitely not going to hit his target. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, also, Judd Nelson's never going to end up as a teacher. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a treat? Please. I'm saying with uh, his spiky hair and goatee and, like, chains. Just the, the cigarette, like, dangerously dangling off his lip. Yeah. Oh. He could be a substitute phys ed teacher. That's about, as, that's about as close as I think he can get to that profession. Yeah, oh, man. But they, um, yeah, so they just kind of, they start trying to infiltrate Nino. But as Nino becomes more and more, um, he doesn't get high on his own supply, but he is high on himself. He's, he's very, you know, yeah. very arrogant. Well, but the problem is, is G-Money is the weak link in the crew. And he doesn't realize that till it's too late. And kind of go, we go back and forth. There's a wild third act twist where Ice T just decides to go undercover, and he briefly becomes best friends with Nino. <laughs> it rolls. <laughs> it's, it's, pr- it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, how quickly it happens? Yeah, it's the same thing. Like Chris Rock's sort of like transformation into being sober is like Ice T's character, Mr. Appleton, jumps into that game full full fledged and get like very high up. Yeah, yeah, and it becomes like a uh, mini episode of Miami Vice or something like that for yeah. a brief spell. Well, oh, and there's it, this wonderful shootout too, where Nino literally picks up a little girl and uses her as a human shield, which uh, we have not seen before on the Academy. Yeah. Academy, that level of behavior. Yeah, he's like a man. He is Nino's evil. He is. Yeah, he is, a, he true, is yeah, he's a bad guy. He is. The, he is like and I, what, something I love about uh, this movie, and I actually enjoy this element uh, to a certain degree about the film we'll be discussing after this. Is there is kind of like this, like kind of like parable hell house element to the production where it's like this is kind of like a parable about how why being this type of person will like like he. Like, spoiler alert, like, he basically gets sent to hell. Like, Wesley Snipes basically, like, like the only thing missing is, like, a scene where when he gets shot uh, of the ground opening up and, like, like little people dressed in red, you know, onesies hitting him with pitchforks. Well, it would be wonderful if, like, yeah, and then Ice-T turns around to the old man who shoots. Um, yeah, who calls him an idolater. Who shoots him and... He turns with some CGI. He turns into John Milton from The yes. Devil's Advocate, Al Pacino. <laughs> He's the devil yes. the entire time. It's Al Pacino. It's, it's our boy Milton. The Milton, Milton Extended Universe. Yeah, the the Milton Extended Universe. Uh, how, far, how far did he make it in his in your in last season? Oh, so De- Devil's Advocate, I believe, lost in the first round. Okay. Uh, which is about yeah a lot. Oh, it, it, it was it was playing wasn't it playing Donnie Brasco? Yeah, it was playing Donnie Brasco. And Donnie Brasco went pretty far. Yeah, Donnie Brasco is good. I I voted for Devil's Advocate because I'm a crazy person. I was like, <laughs> no, I mean, like it lost, but it that's was... one of the ones we want to do a commentary episode on because we loved the Devil's oh, Advocate yeah. so much. Just a gaga. That was the first like big one where Pacino went like full unfiltered Pacino. I think. Like he, he was starting to tap into that in like the late eighties, early nineties. But I think the Devil's Advocate, he was just like, like full blown like caricature. They, get, they give him that monologue at the end where he yeah. just gets to go, and it's worth it. It's yeah. awesome. Oh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's terrific. And one that's one thing because like I've noticed in our next movie, but also if we go back to the fan a little too, Patrick, when mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes is placed in a role where he has to be kind of the somber dramatic lead 
it's kind of a bummer because yeah. you want him because you know what he's got like that he can explode that he could be so funny and he can do make such weird choices that when he's just trying to be a serious guy it's a little disappointing because you yeah. want fireworks from him and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. like he's so frenetic and like entered like and he's one of those actors that has like there's so much specificity to his performance like there's so much like there's so many quirks to his performances that are uniquely snipes, like his weird cackles and like he he's so physical. He's like one of the greatest mm-hmm. movers on screen. Mm-hmm. Like he just like he does some stuff in like Passenger Fifty Seven <clears throat> and the fan and stuff where he just like slides around. You're like he he moves like a dancer with yeah. like all of his characters. But he just like even in Sugar Hill though. When he first meets Teresa Randall at the bar, he does this thing where he looks back at her and like checks her out one more time. Oh, it that rules! Seems, yeah, it's so cool. Like, it's just like a cool character move. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But that was uh, that was a highlight moment in the next movie for me too, as far as like when you're like, oh, you're not just this somber character. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And he does like a thing with the dad where he's like going through oh he, the Kentucky Fried Chicken thing. It's like he does oh, these like yeah. weird moments, but the rest of it's like him, man, boy the road i've gone down not the right road yeah Yeah. Um, oh no never has those regrets he's defiant to the very end (laughs) he's like i love it i love living in my lair with a million candles i love shooting people i love selling drugs yeah (laughs) i have like yeah i live in a mansion i I love I love stealing my friend's girl, like right in front of him. <laughs> I cuck's dr- his friend so bad. It's, it is. That might be the cuck, cuck of the year. That might yeah. be the uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Calling not, it now. Uh, cuck Nina, of the year. Nina, Nina what are the awards a- ceremony for that? <laughs> oh, the cuckies. Uh, the you know, cuckies. We, we think we got like I think John Lovitz is gonna. Uh, <laughs> everyone comes uh solo because their dates couldn't make you know couldn't make it (laughs) (laughs) also not implying that john lovitz has been cucked i just think he'd be a very funny performer the hall of the hall the hall of fame is the men's support group from starting over yeah austin pendleton and wallace sean wallace sean's there of course (laughs) why did this happen to me uh, oh yeah, no, uh, Nino, not not a classic Academy Academy. Yeah, man. Nino's just like yeah, like uh, kind of like just the perfect evil man. Like he gets, he's he, he's great. He's so charismatic. Yeah, I mean, it, like that's the problem. It's the same thing with Pacino and Scarface. Like this guy's a monster, but at the same time, it's like you can't take your eyes off of him. You're like I want to see a million scenes with them just doing their thing. All of his outfits. Are incredible, incredible by the way so good so oh, good. it's it's it rules it's like and here's the thing too if you put those outfits on anyone else it looks goofy yeah it's like there's a scene where like anthony DeSando, i think he plays like frankie needles he's like this like the kind of like this lower level mook in the italian uh mafia or whatever that interacts with wesley there's like a scene like later in the movie where he kind of wears a wesley snipes and you know brown-esque like outfit he looks like a goofball no. like it's like you can't you can't pull this off sir you can't you can't pull off these flashy colors the only two people who can dress like a weird chain-ridden soldier are wesley snipes in 1991 and like rhythm nation era janet jackson are the only two people who can like really pull that off like oh for sure but wesley snipes, he's so great and Ice T's awesome too. Like, oh, he's we, a lot we, of fun. We should not discount Ice T's performance in the film. He is so much 
fun to watch because he just like snarls everything with his lisp and it's just the most unique and like he's just so much fun and Judd Nelson is truly terrific as well (laughs) he's such a weird scumbag I love Judd Nelson in this movie yeah we Go, go ahead, I love the Mark. moment where we're sitting there sitting on the bench and it's like that, like, you know, we don't have to like each other, we love each other. And it's kind of that scene like, hey, look, I know I'm a racist cop and you're black, but we can be <laughs> yeah. friends because we're partners and all that kind yeah. of shit. Yeah, it is legit like that, like ridiculous. Yeah, like, we will hey. fight. We will find a middle ground as abusive police officers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, we can both, we can both, uh, we can bond over the, the, the hate crimes we have both committed. <laughs> yeah, under the shield <laughs> like but just uh, everything all the like, acting is great and just mario van peoples just creates like like we said kind of from the start and like it holds all 100 minutes of this movie mm-hmm. this like wonderful balance between true like b-movie choices mm-hmm. but with this like grand like these grand gestures and like big moves and energy all the way through it's I mean, even with the end, like, it almost reminded me of, like, the end of Rambo 3, where he tries to get political, and he's like, the, this is, this goes out to all the soldiers of Afghanistan, is at the end of Rambo 3, who are really fighting the big fight, like, at the end of this, well, he, it's like, Nino Brown isn't real, but there are Nino Browns in every city across the country, and we need to step up to fight this epidemic before it takes more, and it's like, so earnest like everything about this movie is sincere and earnest there's nothing ironic happens in this movie That's... even i even i think nino brown's like courtroom speech at the end that whole like <laughs> cynical like uh, hey i'm just doing what i like i'm i'm just a part of the system like blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff and like even that is like kind of sincere from his point of view as well. oh yeah for sure well there's like a reason too well like they they like quote reagan in the beginning and like <laughs> this is the reagan era like no one cares about anyone like like a legit like in that beginning scene where they're like yeah like you know the poor are getting poorer and the rich are getting richer and no, it's like wow it's awesome because he's like trying to make these really sincere and good like social Salient and points. political yeah. points but there's yeah. also uzi fights so it's like yeah it oh, really yeah. gives you everything you could ever ask for uzi fights showdowns and abandoned warehouses uh like it well, just I, I think this, like the like the style of this movie, and like I've seen a few other Mario Van Peebles things. Like he, he grew up on like set with his mm-hmm. dad, like making black exploitation movies in like the seventies. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that energy and stylistic sort of the reason why this movie looks so interesting mm-hmm. is what he got from growing up on those sets. Probably he he's a terrific director, and if you look at like his filmography again, it looks like it was like one flop, and unfortunately, what happens with a lot of anybody but white dudes in hollywood it's like one striking one striking you're out but he still gets like he's still like a working director i think to this like he's he's done a little yeah some tv tv he's been directing like tv like he like did power and like yeah uh, a handful of other shows he's directed episodes here and there but he's he's so interesting and he really i think has a lot to say Mm. and but he's so like cool and stylish because it's not just this one but it's like if you look at the western he made posse that's a really interesting movie as well and then mm. all the way through the one he made about his dad the um badass badass yeah oh man you're you're tempt i feel like 
I, we almost need to do a Van Peebles miniseries next now. That's yeah, a would, it wouldn't hurt to do a handful and just kind of dig a little deeper with some of these. I remember I never saw it. Solo was like his like like sci-fi action movie that he didn't direct it, but he was the star of it. Oh, and Bill Sadler and Adrian Brody are the two other leads of that. So I'm in, you know, Ooh. in there. But there we go. He's had an interesting career. And I mean, like, I think of, he's a he's a very interesting actor and director and i want to get that box set criterion just put out of his dad's stuff as well <laughs> there we go got a good excuse so i mean yeah i think we all agree this this is a this is a very fun and oh yeah like for yeah. sure super enjoyable movie i'm so stoked we got a chance to watch it yeah first time watching it uh really entertaining uh kind of just yeah cements wesley snipes is an interesting performer for me yeah, I mean, this season is really curious because it just, it's like, he doesn't have like a Sophie's Choice or a Dog Day Afternoon, this like, Mm-mm. or Godfather 2, this like monumental, like everyone looks and says, that's, that's the performance. That's the one that, you know, it's, he's got a bunch of just, each time out, he's interesting and does different things. I think this is the closest. Maybe his Sophie's so Choice is Blade. Yeah, it could be Blade. It very well could be Blade for all we know, or Blade Two, or you know, Blade yeah. Two. Hey, Blade Trinity. Blade Trinity. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is close. I mean, this is definitely the first. I mean, this I'm, I'm a big Willie Mays Hayes fan as well, but Nino is. I think I like when I think about Wesley Snipes, the role I always go to is he, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Like mm-hmm. that's where my mind always first goes to. So it might be that for him too. So it'll see. I don't know if that'll like make it to the end but like that's the thing i think i think of when i think of Wesley. yeah he he says it's something where he can really unlock his charisma his physicality and the fact that he is quite funny like he's a good yeah. comedian he's a great comedic actor on top of everything else but is new jack city we loved it but is new jack city gonna take the day is it wesley's greatest is it the best performance of the day who knows because mm-hmm. we're gonna jump ahead just a handful of years to 1994 with the film Sugar Hill, directed by Leon Achasso, written by Barry Michael Cooper, who, of course, was the writer on the last film, uh, co-starring some very interesting, bold supporting actors in this movie, just in general. Uh, Michael Wright, who plays Ray Nathan, Ray Skuggs, uh, brother to Wesley Snipes, um, in a Frankly, the thing that blew me the most away about this movie, Clarence Williams III as A.R. Scuggs, the dad, who is treating every scene he's in like he's in Shakespeare. Like oh, he's for sure. so amazing in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's a truly amazing <laughs> performance. Uh, <laughs> Teresa Randall, who is just pops off the screen, is beautiful. And you're just like, where, where, why weren't you a megastar? Like you just like you pop off the screen. It's a bummer that like yeah, it's like the only things I can think of is like this movie, and I think she was the like Michael Jordan's wife in Space Jam. She's Martin Lawrence's wife in the Bad Boys films as well. Ah, it's like man, yeah, it's a bummer. It's like you we wonder if like uh, had she been around ten years later, if she would have had more uh, like opportunities or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah. You know. um, Abe Vigoda is in it. And he, yes. he he does some pretty interesting, pretty interesting stuff in this film he, too. He like goes off in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of like um, uh, this is he's ornery in this film. Yeah, uh, a legitimately menacing Ernie Hudson in the mix. Yeah. Oh my god, I've never seen him be so menacing in a yeah. movie before. Uh, really good, 
Yeah, he was great too. Uh, Andy Warhol factory superstar Joe De- Joe D- uh, D'Alessandro shows up as one of the Italian gangsters. That was a fascinating casting choice. You know, he was the guy who was in like all of um, the early Andy Warhol movies, and he did like Serge Gainsbourg movies, and um, worked with just all sorts of. He was in um, the Frankenstein and Dracula movies that andy warhol did oh wow that like, a wild career um and then um also vonnie curtis hall shows up for like a scene and a half it's the most and, evil. Out, and out menaces everyone in the entire <laughs> the world's most evil man it's so i was like, like when i was watching gonna cut the- away to a 20 minute really bad date like which you could like I feel like you could cut that out of the movie. This movie, and the movie is work. this yeah. movie is too long. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Um, a shocking 123 minutes. Uh, one other thing to note is music is by Terrence Blanchard, who does like all of Spike Lee's scores. Oh, and there's clearly that. It. Like my wife walked in when I was watching, and she's like, "Spike Lee make this movie?" I was like, "No, they've just they're copping." a few kind of stylistic choices from the world of Spike Lee. Yeah. Am I crazy or did he? I mean, did he finally get his win uh, with Black Klansman? Like, did he finally get his Oscar with Black Klansman? Or is he, he still not have an Oscar? I don't think he has one yet. Which um, is a bummer. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, he, I, yeah. He was nominated for Black Klansman to Five Bloods, but he's such a big part of the vibe in Spike yeah. Lee movies. Yeah. Like, just that operatic jazz score that's in all those movies. And, like, those just, it's so loud and so dramatic. It's, it's, it's so good. Uh, and his score is great here too yeah yeah it's it's part of the why like that iconic uh 25th hour bathroom monologue works so well is because i think his score is underscoring the Mm -hmm. all the fuck you stuff in that one so that and the i was thinking too i mean the two i I love 25th hour it's one of my favorite spike lee movies but that scene and then the um brian cox's dream at the end of the movie has has scored in the similar way and it's just both those are so good it's yeah. a, such a good movie if you haven't folks if you haven't seen that movie it's worth 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 checking out give it a watch i, I will also say that the cinematographer is i guess bohan bazelli and he's of note because he's the same cinematographer as uh abel ferrera's king of new york oh academy academy favorite mm. king of new york and not in can... the tournament but we might be watching it, 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 it has, <laughs> king of new york has definitely won the tournament of my heart uh, but uh, I love but... money. <laughs> I love money. Can you believe they're doing that big new Lawrence Fishburne marathon at the New Beverly this month, and they're not playing King of New York? That is like kind of like uh, what a sold. They must not have been able to get a print. Yeah, the, only, that, the only excuse because Tarantino's a huge King of New York fan. Oh, for sure. I feel like the New Bev should be on top of like I feel like they would be on top of that. Too, oh, I so. would have been on. I would have been on top of tickets if, if that had been in the mix. <laughs> But um, yeah, this is so. This one budgeted at ten million, made eighteen point three. Okay. Um, Still this a movie hit. Has a twenty percent Rotten Tomatoes rating. Um, Todd McCarthy of Variety called it a self-indulgent drama that plays like a dreary variation on New Jack City. Uh, a little there to that. Yeah, there's. Yeah. You know, it's not not a dishonest review <laughs> yeah i will say that this movie two things it has going for it the aesthetics are great i think the cinematography and like the score and like the 
um like the costumes like the movie looks great wesley looks great again in this movie with all of his great suits that yeah. he wears throughout the film oh for sure and i think that like he actually does because i feel like what wesley's trying to do in this is this is clearly like him trying to do it is a bit of a carlito but it's also like godfather like his character is kind of yeah. like yeah it's very godfathery where he's trying to be like you know what's going on in in michael corleone's head well what's go- ray ray might as well be fredo oh for oh he's mm. such a Fredo. I mean, okay on a, i mean clear inspiration there <laughs> on a scale of one to ten on the fredometer how afraid are we <laughs> Get out here! Get out your fredometer, folks. He's an eleven. And that that final sequence in this movie. Yeah, he where, might he might outfredo. Yeah, yeah, it, it might is. be a rare outfredoing of Fredo. Yeah, because yeah, oh, uh, it's so it's, great. Especially that, that final scene, like everything that happens in that final and his performance in that final scene. He's an interesting actor. I wasn't too familiar with um, Michael Wright before this movie. Um, but he, well, he's he's in Altman's film Streamers. He was on Oz for a few seasons. Oh, interesting. I, uh, Oz is great. I love Oz. Yeah, I mean, a lot of TV work. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to keep an eye out for him, you know, going <laughs> forward. Because he's, he's very interesting in this film. And, you know, it's like the fan, everyone around Wesley Snipes are really like out of 10. Mm-hmm. in their performance heightening scale mm-hmm. <laughs> like and like we said i mean we got to get to clarence williams third who plays their dad who you know is a issues upon issues upon issues oh uh, he's not Every doing well he's doing he's doing like these tearful monologues where he's just full of regret and i clarence williams the third is a excellent actor he spends a minute of that early scene with just like this the chicken soup on his beard and it's like it's just sitting there forever and he's just kind of not doing anything about it and i'm just like oh yeah poor poor man and yeah and snipes is like brought him the soup and i mean but he's like so you know he was on um the mod squad the original tv series that was kind of where he got his start but i mean he's in bangers like purple rain 52 Mm. pickup he's fucking scary in 52 pickup as like this criminal who's not afraid to just get it as grimy as you could imagine uh he's in deep cover which is playing the lawrence fishburne marathon at the new beverly and is a banger of a movie and he's in tales from the hood now the Ooh. uh the horror anthology yeah i mean to like ah god on the subject of like tales from the Hood, like one thing i do like like there is almost like a there's like this dusty element to Clarence Williams character. Like he does kind of feel like a universal horror monster. Like, like there's almost like a, like a Bella Lugosi, Boris Karloff quality to his character. And, there's like a tragedy to his character. And, and I, like, I, I, I like the way the film, cause like you could have easily over cliched like the, the father issues like with like, but he's just such a sad and broken person mm-hmm. and the fact that wesley snipes still wants him to be a part of his life i feel like that does a lot to make it more nuanced than like tradition like other father issues that might come up yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, at the end when they're gonna leave he's like i have to go see my dad mm-hmm. like that that is kind of they, like it's it, the Ro- rome is a very interesting character and I, I do wonder though as we were talking about this if the writer barry michael cooper 
saw the reaction to New Jack City where everybody thought it was cool and perhaps was like, no, this is actually not cool at all. I'm going to try and write something that has a little bit more somber weight to it about this neighborhood and this situation and these type these people who live here and uh, yeah I can, I can see that strikes me as that that he's you know looking in that direction to make something that strips away a lot of the rad club scenes and <laughs> uzi fights and, although there are uzi fights there are some club scenes there are club There's scenes club, and uzi fights yeah. in this movie i mean you can't make you gotta have those though um but yeah basically it's a story of this family their early flashback we learned that their mother dies of a heroin overdose mm-hmm. in, basically in front of them oh yeah the, the movie they, starts immediately very grim <laughs> it's yeah, like it's like great they're... grim start right off the bat to this movie yeah. where she's asking the older brother to help her tie off it's not it's not good. yeah <laughs> and then we cut to them as adults and it's wesley snipes and michael wright uh wesley snipes is the younger brother there's this banger shot of him on the roof this crane shot that kind of goes up the side of the building and he's like watching over the city like batman yeah you know it's it is very it's, bad it's pretty cool uh but he's the one who's kind of like got it together they're both drug dealers they've kind of working with the the italian mob in kind of conjunction that's led by um abe vigoda his mm-hmm. character and then um how it kind of starts off is Rome wants a bit of a this is not satisfying to him the violence in the streets the guy from Scrubs shows up very very young Donald, Donald Faison yeah he was like 19 uh, yeah and he's he's like this little he's like this like enthusiastic kid who's like waving around oh classic foreshadowing it's like the second he shows up on his bike waving around a gun it's like oh yeah you're this isn't yeah check up you're kid. you're accidentally gonna shoot somebody or you're going to get shot there's no mm-hmm. way around this violence is going to touch you um and wesley snipes seems to and that kind of corresponds where he's out and about and he meets melissa who is the gale of this movie gale of carlito's <laughs> way <laughs> i'm gonna get away with gale um but <laughs> god bless carlitos i threw it on even after we watched it a couple of times for the show i watched it the other day i'm not tired of carlitos way (laughs) Uh, but he wants to get away with melissa who is um you know skeptical and she's certainly not part of the same world of the drug and violent world that rome is a part of but um series of events his brother's a bit of a hothead and the gang their gang is dabbles they they don't want to give up anything and then ernie hudson oof, arrives in town as lolly jonas good yeah, name a real here. chump i mean oh sorry i mean champ yeah. champ a real champ. Oh, how badass was that scene where wesley snipes went in alone but he wasn't alone yeah, yeah that was really like, that was really cool yeah. badass like hey, hey i yeah. got people everywhere see that's the thing like you can't write this movie this movie has got like a strange long pace to it it is very very self-serious but there are a lot of cool moments there are like genuinely like cool interesting moments in this film like it's mm-hmm. not like i think like like the cinematography i still stand by it it's great and there's like 
there's like that moment where he's also like at his like you know classic new york apartment that's way bigger than any apartment would be nowadays where mm. he's looking looking at a sunset that's so like multicolored and like it looks like the the sunsets from the the special editions of star wars from Tatooine, like the George Lucas, it looks like George Lucas like did a special edition of Sugar Hill and was like, actually, we need to make the sunset more vibrant. <laughs> add, add a CGI. Let's add a CGI guy here. It, a frog. Well, it, it is like trying to be a classy movie. Yeah, I think that also gets more to your point about him re- overreacting to the some of the criticisms from New Jack City. Like we were just talking about, like Chris Rock's arc being like weirdly. Uh, truncated and uh uh ice tea's arc being weirdly truncated going into yeah. being undercover and i think maybe he was probably overreacting and probably dragging things out a little bit longer pace wise than he probably could have too For a little sure. bit and I, I definitely think i mean brought it up you guys brought it up um you know he's trying to make a movie at the level of the godfather which mm-hmm. extend the universe they take the, you know i mean who knows if they had made this movie three hours yeah like what would have happened 123 minutes is like a danger zone time for for me at least when i think about movie lengths because like it's heading toward the ultimate evil runtime 130 to 135 minutes too long to be a movie you can just fit in but not long enough to be like an epic story and yeah it's 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 kind of a dangerous runtime I yeah, yeah. That room. yeah, they go like an hour and a half or the full, you know, 200, 210. <laughs> like, yeah, just take it all the way home. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think this movie could have done that. I really do actually like the scenes like you, uh, Mark, you kind of brought it up with the stuff with the dad that seem kind of like they're these like, they're not really like plot mover scenes, but they're just like eating food together or talking about old times or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it gives us such good character detail and like to the universe that they're all in well it's 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 like also fueling his desire to get out and mm-hmm. get everyone else out too so yeah i mean it, it, i did tell the joke though like after all the flashbacks at the beginning and there's so many shots of wesley snipes like with his hands behind his head like thinking mm-hmm. about things that i, I was like, Rome's got to think about his whole life before he <laughs> before he goes out and slings crack like from dewey cox the wrong kid dad yeah they uh dewey cox has ruined a lot of self-serious movies for me (laughs) (laughs) i want a hundred didgeridoos But masterful film. I, I, I think and i think wesley snipes is really good in this movie he has to be like, because the entire idea is what we were just getting at, Mark, is about this guy who wants to escape. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, they, these aren't good times for him. He does not. And we see kind of in those flashbacks, like, whoa, he got into Georgetown. Like, yeah. all of these, like, he had, like, also, all this other life. Played by a young Dulé Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he straight up just kills a guy. Yeah, he that got, is, that was a surprising, mo- like, I did not necessarily see, I, I, you had to wonder where the turn came in his, like, young life where he went into crime, but it's quite a, quite, moment quite... where it's like, it's like, you see the dude, he's in, I love the scene too, because, like, it's like this guy, like, he has his, like, fiddle, it's like, he's like, one of the, it's like, he's about to, like, you know, sing to some dogs and watch them kiss a meatball together, and then, like, 
And then Julio comes in and straight up murders him. And yeah. it's it's like, how did he get in there? How did this happen? I wanted like if we just had like one scene of him sneaking in, I feel like I'd be like more fun. But just like having it just immediately cut to that was just it was very shocking. Yeah, the the the, the pacing of this movie in particular is is pretty it's pretty unique and yeah. interesting kind of the way they bounce between the flashbacks what they decide to take time on and that kind of gets this so at one point Teresa randall melissa is just like i can't be around you you are a criminal you de- you dabble with like people getting shot and drugs yeah. so she just gets like what I, well, they don't really talk about like I mean she's t- t- it's it's mentioned to her by a friend at the bar but they don't really talk about it and then like he pulls over and his friend's like burnt dead corpse is hanging right in front of them very dramatically <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean the fact that she sees that and does go back to him and maybe that's why they incorporated that one the abusive date scene just yeah, it could like, be it could be worse yeah at least he's yeah. at least wesley snipes is nice to her yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. at least he isn't like an actual demon from like yeah, a, a ring of hell vonnie curtis hall comes in and just like i got like a goddamn hurricane yeah who, who i know is like the kindly detective from uh, or not the detective he's like the kindly uh news reporter from daredevil the netflix show yeah he's a really good actor i mean yeah. and, and, you know and he's been in t- just a ton mm-hmm. of movies you know his voice is most oh yeah that was i just saw him in the night house last year the horror movie oh uh, with rebecca hall he's in that and yeah he's always he's always good but this way he just shows up takes her on this date and then takes her back to his apartment which patrick noted is both classy and also has a basketball hoop in the living yeah. room <laughs> and it's like here's my review of what? his apartment well he is a, he is a basketball player is yeah. what they reveal him to be. So yeah. he just like has a mini hoop to fuck around with. That is yeah. A... But and it's he, like he don't... gets wa- he gets wasted and immediately escalates things to a very scary. And we like her. We're really yeah. like oh I she's like, cool. I, and like you feel like get the hell out of there. I mean, what Wesley Snipes is not great, but like yeah, this or, is awful. Yeah, this is at the very least leave this person. Get get out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and but she just, does, she does dick punch her way out of there. So she that does, does rule. Yeah, that is a great moment. Great. Yeah, <laughs> good dick punch. Yeah, jeez. Um, so yeah, That's an award at the cookies, by the way. Best dick punch. All this Best is kind of like leading up to. It's like Wesley wants to get out. His father is c- mentally crumbling with years of shame and regret. Oh and man. He's just a tragic figure, Man. and Ray is doing all sorts of Fredo. Yeah, he's like Fredoing. Activities. like hardcore Fredoing. Overstep, and I do love that he's the older brother, like Fredo. I think that mm-hmm. that is always an interesting kind of that always works for me as mm-hmm. a plot device. Is the loser is the older brother for I sure? Think. Um, it just adds kind of a cool dynamic. Yeah, because it's like Ned's like immediately there's like a weird juxtaposition. Like it's yeah. like no, you're supposed to be the 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 one that protects. Yeah, and all of it leads up to this conclusion where, you know, uh, Ernie Hudson is just not going to take any level of compromise. He's going to get his way, or else it's going to get even more violent. Um, Ray takes one of the other bad guy. I forgot Ray kidnaps that one of the Italian mob guys and pees on him. Which, right. And then makes Wesley Snipes shoot him. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's, it's just escalating to this conclusion. Yeah. But 
I would say the the final sequence was pretty damn surprised. Like how it all went down oh. was pretty I did not see the stunning. ending coming. I did yeah. not see the ending coming. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think, you know, because I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. So I don't know if, I'm, I don't think we should necessarily spoil it. We can, a lot of people have seen New Jack City. We can kind of go about around that. But like, can we put like a spoiler warning? Yeah, and spoiler. Like... Okay. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And, you know, wait. I don't know. We'll get done with this in a minute or two. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So basically, Ray enters a Vigoda's deli crime center. Yes. And everybody's there. A Vigoda, the last of his main henchmen that we've seen. Although weirdly, Joe D'Alessandro disappears, and you would have liked to see him in there yeah. too, because he was kind of was he shot? I can't remember. I don't remember what happened to him. He kinda, Maybe he like, just fades away. It's fine. But um, and Ernie Hudson's there. Yes. And he makes a deal. Everyone's satisfied, and then there's this wonderful shot where Ray's walking down the hall, and Ernie Hudson comes behind him in the mirror and does the finger gun at him, and it's very like. Oh, that's that's cool and eerie and menacing, completely from Ernie. So Ray goes outside and then he comes back in. He's like, I want to get like a coffee and a cannoli or something like that. And he just pulls out his gun and blasts them all. Yeah. And then Avicota, his final moment. Uh, I cannot repeat it because it is quite racist. Yeah, uh, everything that happens there, but it is an interesting conclusion for the. Basically, character. bragging about never using a racial slur. <laughs> yeah, I never... by using a racial slur. Yeah, yeah by by <laughs> using that said racial slur, and yeah, he get in, shoots him in the head, but then Ray goes outside. Well, don't forget the moment before this, we found out that he had just come from killing his own father. Oh yes, you're right. Yes, yeah, oh he gives a yeah, purposeful drug that. overdose to yeah. thank you, their Mark. dad. A- thank you, Mark, because that's very important as well. <laughs> oh <laughs> my, this movie goes so many places. What an what a final twenty minutes. <laughs> just like and oh, and so Wesley Snipes has already discovered. He went over to say goodbye with Melissa, and he has discovered his dad's dead body with the heroin overdose, yeah. which has left him very traumatized. He finds Ray in the streets, and it just escalates from there. When he when he tells him he did the deed to their dad, Wesley gets his big moment of the movie where he's screaming and crying and just completely flipping out. They start wrestling each other, and then Ray, accidentally or maybe not so, I don't know, shoots Wesley. And he goes down, and I mean, I was convinced that he was I, trying, I think, to fire towards. Uh, he was trying to kill Melissa. Melissa, and then Wesley grabbed the gun and it got between him to that moment where, like, the guns in between their bodies, and you hear and the close up of the, yeah. like, yeah, and you're like, oh no! And then, after all this violence and all the murdering Ray has done, is completely unhinged. He just shoots himself <laughs> in the street, and they're both there, and she's leaves Melissa just crying over these two guys' bodies. And it fades out. And I was like, are they going to end it? Are they going to end this movie like that? Because <laughs> almost like, good on you. Like, that's where yeah, you That would be kind good. of a sick way to end. Maybe it was <laughs> just like, like the cut grimmest. To credits, just 
this is a tragedy yeah. just through and through but then uh, we cut to a few years later and Wesley Snipes has and I wonder if this was tagged on I wonder if they were going to add do that ending and they just focus grouped and people could not handle the ending yeah that that was just too yeah. somber and like grim so well especially Wesley God. and his he's got this wonderful riverside property oh it's so verdant I think it's just because we've been in like the city for so long and like especially that last scene where he's crying like it looks like everything is dead everything's gone it feels like a scene from the, i am um, legend like great, that level of like twitter handle john frankensteiner just put together a mega cut of 80s and 90s wet streets in Ooh. movies because how rad are 80s and 90s wet streets they're pretty good they're like pretty good thief or black rain or something like that they're pretty badass great wet street in that final Oh, uh, segment with uh, the final shooting. The, in the wettest street. street. One of the wettest streets. Um, Although yes. that that did illustrate the one thing that bothers me sometimes this movie. It's inconsistent narration. Like there was narration in the beginning of the movie and then it disappeared for the entire rest of the movie and then came back in the very end. Yeah. It's like your protagonist is the one doing the narration. Either keep it going or, or just don't do it whatsoever. Yeah. With yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I think... Um, Oh, you know what would have been great um, in this movie, too? Not to get too off track, but it just crossed me. One more scene with his sleazy lawyer. Ooh. I love the one yeah, scene. They only got the, the one lawyer. scene together, right? Yeah. yeah. And he was interested because he also, you know, totally reminds you of Sean Penn from uh, Carlito's Way. <sighs> yeah. And he, more of that. <laughs> yeah. It would have been fun to have a scene of them like uh, having weird Bacchic revelries at like a well, pool like, party. I love it when like a nerd lawyer character like that gets so caught up with the underground scene like they're the one doing coke and like grabbing asses at the club and like making a fool of themselves it's like we got to do something about him like he just can't he's just yeah. not cool and can't handle it yeah and sean penn's character in carlita's way is kind of like the oh. apex version yep. of that character like this this nerd thinks he's too cool this isn't gonna end well Maybe, it's my favorite <laughs> sean penn performance i'm just gonna say it i i like sean penn in a lot of things but he's so good in carlito's <laughs> but um you know back to the end so we find that we've cut to a few years later Romy, rome and uh, melissa appear to be married mm-hmm. and they have a child the kid yeah and uh we see that rome is in a wheelchair so that was what happened to him when he got shot but uh and he delivers kind of a heavy-handed voiceover monologue to kind of close things out which do you i i it was a gut shot, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. unless it went clear through to his spine, like, I don't know he why he's still have. in the... Yeah. yeah. And yeah. again, that's why I think it's a little, like, that, that seems like a reshoot yeah. kind of choice. Because I think, to go back to our original idea with this movie, that this might have been very Michael Cooper trying to say, like, nothing is cool and this I, is going to end bad. I, I think the only reason the wheelchair is there is they're like, we just literally showed him. People <laughs> think he's dead. We got to show something that makes you think that he yeah, he's like suffered slam, some kind of injury. Cut, cut to him slam dunking on the court. With his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got it. <laughs> Man, he's still, yeah, he's, yeah, nothing bad. He's, everything is okay. Everything, everything's coming up Rome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to play baseball under an assumed identity. Billy yeah. May Hayes. <laughs> I'm not invited to camp, but I'm gonna make the team. <laughs> Major 
Major Pain Origins. Uh, wait, Major Pain, Major League. My bad. Major Major Pain. Yeah. There should be a Major Pain Origins. I that should that movie should exist. I want the gritty origin story of Major Pain. Who yeah. plays Who plays Young Damon Wayans? <laughs> Damon Wayans Jr. I mean, Damon Wayans Jr. is the age that Damon Wayans was yeah, when he made Major Pain. <laughs> so, uh, uh, is there a third? <laughs> Yeah, just Damon Wayans Jr. Jr. Yeah, <laughs> Damon Wayans the third plays Major Payne, the beginning. Yeah, but I think overall, Wesley Snipes is very good in mm-hmm. this film. I don't think he gets the showy stuff like Clarence Williams or Michael Wright. No, or even Ernie Hudson. Yeah, get to do in this movie, but you do, he, he he has like four or five killer moments in this mm-hmm. movie. Though. Yes. And he does get to do kind of that what like this got Rome is a lot more somber of a guy, but going back even that scene where he tricks Ernie Hudson into thinking he's alone, he does get to do some Wesley Snipes charm, yeah, kind of moves. Or and even can, well, all of his scenes with Teresa Ferrando, they've got wonderful chemistry. Oh yeah, and um, just the romantic stuff really works. I think in this movie between the two of them. Definitely. It definitely works in this movie better than in New Jack City, I would say. Yeah, well, yeah, New Jack City. There's, <laughs> there's romance in New Jack City? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, I mean, I guess there's Eros. <laughs> yeah. The most the most basic form of romance. Well, like, yeah, the like the what the two the two leading ladies in New Jack City, one of them literally cucks the guy she's with because she's pretty much gold digging to get with Nino yeah. and the other one is like the top assassin on Nino's team <laughs> well, there was, he was he had a wife too right Nino yeah. Had yeah. A wife. and she was gonna like testify against him that was another yeah yeah no one would testify against him and then he have she was very underdeveloped yeah. well she's like I think like yeah her like one trait is that she's uh, like it's kind of fucked up like her one trait is she's infertile I believe yeah Okay, because that was one thing I wasn't sure was clear. Because like I wasn't sure if they had kids, and if like even if the girl that he picked up to as a human shield was that his actual daughter. I wasn't no, sure. No, it, like, like, yeah. it was like a friend of his. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, not not inviting Nina Brown to any of my parties. No, don't don't he, you know he might pay for the wedding, but you're gonna pay on the other end. Yeah, you're a persona non grata at my future child's bat mitzvah, sir. <laughs> but yeah it's yeah the the female uh, new jack city is a dude's rock yeah film although it is cool that like vanessa williams is she's like badass. one of the dudes she's so, like well, she, yeah she, because she's a dude yeah and she has <laughs> like yeah and she has like a scene where she like <laughs> where she's like just like straight out like offers to murder the old man that ultimately uh ultimately oh, yeah. yeah yeah bill cobbs what a what a banging movie! Yeah, but I think Sugar Hill. I don't think Sugar Hill is necessarily a twenty percent. I think no. the audience Tomatoes score movie? is probably closer to what the tomato meter score should be because the audience mm-hmm. score is like 69, 67, something like that. That's and, fair. Yeah, yeah I, this is this is a C plus B minus. Yeah, kind yeah. of movie to me. I would watch this movie again. This is yeah. like there's enough here where I'm like, and I, there's also like a part of me too that wonders like. If there is a longer, if this is like a more truncated version of Barry Michael Cooper's vision, like I feel like there must be like a a three or four hour, like a like a longer, a larger version, a larger scope version of this film that unfortunately just you know 
probably just could not get the funding for or like you know a studio exec was like hey man like we can make this two and a half hour stops we're not gonna like we're not gonna do a godfather here he he hasn't he like i looked at his imdb he didn't have any writing credits i'm I'm just not sure if i'm misremembering who did what is he the writer for the showrunner for the new wu-tang hulu series or is or is that like a or is that someone else involved in this i know someone involved in these is uh doing the the wu-tang series Uh, or or it's like mario van pilas is directing or something like that uh, you know, the his last thing he did the um, he worked with Spike Lee on the She's Got to Have It. Right. Series. Okay, that's what that was. Someone that else did. It. Someone else is working on the Wu Tang. Uh, I don't remember who who involved in this. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting too is he was originally a journalist. He like yeah. wrote for the Village Voice. Like, I kind of want to go back and read his article because, like, I think like an an article he wrote about like um, you know the problems with crime and drugs in Harlem for the village voice he mm-hmm. turned he fleshed that out and turned that into New Jack City which yeah. I would yeah I would love to read his like OG his original material I, I'm yeah fascinating stuff yeah and he like created the term the for the music genre New Jack Swing like huh. but prior to all this because he was the music critic at the village voice as well oh damn really interesting guy uh Barry uh if you want to come on the show. Oh, uh, yeah. man. I might I might have to, like, find an email or something. Because maybe yeah. he might be one of those people that maybe it's possible. Yeah, because I, 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 I would be really curious about, like, his vision for these three movies. And did, did does he feel that they kind of hit every level? Or does he feel, like, were they truncated? Were, were they made to be more Hollywood entertainments than he wanted? I don't know. Yeah, but, um, I, yeah, he's he's like a fat. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to pick his brain. Yeah, love, love to hear more from him. And and I was I'm mixing glad. this too up. Mario Van Peebles directed three episodes of the new Hulu Wu Tang series. Oh, right on. That's good. 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 I, I am glad to see that he's still get in the mix and yeah and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it happens a lot where you know they end up on. Like I mean, like one of the one of my favorites, Ernest Dickerson, who is Spike Lee's. Uh, cinematographer he made a handful of movies tales from the crypt demon knight is a big house favorite over here uh bones with snoop dogg is pretty good too yeah. <laughs> um, Ernest Dickerson rules he's like he underrated does, but he's also like he he does like every episode of bosch and, st- and stuff like that like he does like on like walking dead and like that kind of stuff like mm. and a lot of like really great directors have just or you know and I mean, you, it's, you see it a lot where they just end up doing a ton of episodic television, but it's a good living. Even if, you know, they're not making perhaps like my like movie loving self wanting to see more two hour of, visions from them. A, a lot of TV episodes need directors. So they, they most of them do. Yeah, certainly. If not all. If not all. <laughs> but if not, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can get away with it. I think King of Queens toward the end probably was. Uh, those were directing themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a but, system. You know, we should probably get to some of the so, so get start awarding some stuff here. We get to our Harrelsons first. We got a lot yeah. of options this week for Harrelsons. Patrick, I'm going to put it to you, though, to start us off. Oh, man. I've been going back and forth. There are so many. I feel like Abe Bakoda has a Harrelson moment. Michael Wright has a Harrison moment. Uh, 
in New Jack City, Vanessa Will, like so many, so many people have Harold, Harold, Harold moments, Harrelson moments, but uh, I think I'm gonna give my Harrelson to uh, Clarence Williams the third, because goddamn, dude, he is giving it his all. Like, and sometimes it's a little, yeah, like a little overly maudlin or a little like, um, yeah, Shakespearean, but you know, fuck, man, he earns that special appearance. It's he makes it special. Yeah, so it's, it's one Harrelson for both movies. Uh, yes, just, you can go either way. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I give my Harrelson to Clarence Williams the third. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that he had to get one of them out of the yeah. three of us. I mean, yeah, super memorable performance. Um, Mark, put it to you. Um, if I'm going, if I'm going with, um. Sugar Hill, I think I'm going to go Michael Wright. Although Clarence Williams fucking crushed it. Um, like, there wasn't a bad performance in this movie. But yeah. Michael Wright, I think, uh, just the... Again, we talked about it. He, he, he out-Fredo'd Fredo, so I got to give him <laughs> I got to give him my supporting yeah. award. And if I'm, if I'm doing one for New Jack City, I think G-Money. I think I'm giving it to Payne. Yeah. Uh, He's surprisingly good, good in good that call. movie. He's yeah. really good. It's kind of like a thankless role too, and he really adds like a lot of texture and like um, humanity to a character that could have been very one note. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's a classic character. You know, we we talked about Manny in Scarface, oh, yeah. like the best mm-hmm. friend mm-hmm. to the leading kind of kingpin character. They're gonna something's gonna happen. It's either that or it's the brother, like we saw in that one. Um, so I'm gonna get Academy Academy Swerve. Whoa! Got an Academy Academy Swerve. I'm bringing, I'm opening up the vault. I'm giving a Kazale to Michael Wright. What? <laughs> from the old, from the last season, from the Pacino season, because from one Fredo <laughs> to another, uh, we got we gotta make that happen. The mantle. <laughs> he's gotten. He's he's absorbed the mantle. <laughs> but um, in terms of the Harrelson, it's a part of me that really wants to do a joint ice t judd nelson awarding here oh yeah that's but a good i'm one. gonna go with bill nunn the da 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 man yeah from new jack city i i mean how can y'all love bill nunn he you know was a great actor every time mm-hmm. he showed up was interesting but he did a lot of really like what i liked about him in this is like you know he's kind of like the butt of jokes to the crew and stuff like that but when the action's on he becomes like this scary guy and you're like oh that's why you keep this guy around on the team because you know he could like take he you know it took both ice t and judd nelson to take him down yeah i have to hand it every single time something big happens in the movie and they cut to ice t he's got the same look on his face just like yeah i saw that coming you know, it's just like yeah. it's like total lack of surprise. <laughs> four dimension, like, forty chests. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is this is normal to me. Ice tea rolls. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, a spiritual Woody Harrelson, not a, not a, not a physical Woody Harrelson, just goes to ice tea. <laughs> yeah, he might he may get his he may get it depending on how we vote. He may have depending, his opportunity. You know, yeah, I mean, we might be watching New Jack City again, but who knows? We're we're getting to it right now. Um. First movie out of the Law and Order region. I mean, and we know what's on the other side of this region. I mean, we are talking about Demolition Man. 
Mm. He's on the other side. So two iconic performances. They might have to play them. They might have to play Demolition Man. Demolition Man is, of course, going up against Boiling Point. Mm. Uh, another uh, actioner, Dennis Hopper's in that one too. So that could be that could be a treat in its own right. Yeah. Um, but we're talking New Jack City. We're talking Sugar Hill this week. Patrick, start us off. Oh man, what are you feeling? You know, it's uh, it is like a little harder than I thought it would be because, like, yeah, Sugar Hill, New Jack City is um, as much as it is like Wesley Snipes' movie. Nino Brown isn't like that. It's almost like this movie has like three films within it. There's like, there's the ice tea plot. There's the Chris rock, his whole arc. And then there's a, uh, uh, Nino. And, um, he's like incredible. Like he, he, he is always entertaining. He's always, he, he he's able also able to kind of like show, um, there's like a level, there's like a, a a surprising amount of range in this movie that like, I feel like Wesley Snipes doesn't get to show off in most of his films. Like, you know, if you want to see Wesley Snipes, like cry, uh, cackle, uh, be full Batman villain, be like a, uh, kind of like the pragmatic, uh, you know, kingpin, like he gets to kind of do a little bit of everything in this film. Um, but in Sugar Hill, he's also kind of, he's almost like nearly in every, uh, scene like he is like I feel like in Sugar Hill he it is like I feel like Sugar Hill is one of the it's so far out of all the movies we've done so far for this podcast this is like the most Wesley Snipes has been in the movie uh, like it's like it feels like the the movie that it feels like um, I don't know like he gets to be in everything and like yes he is somber in it but I think that like there are moments in Sugar Hill where he pops, like he hundred percent pops. Uh, that being said, though, like it has to go with New Jack City, like New Jack City. It's it's New Jack City. Like it's such a it's an iconic performance. You can't say no to it. Yeah, New Jack City with a bullet. Yeah, I um, you know, uh, through our conversation, I've enjoyed. I've in retrospect going through it, I've realized I liked Sugar Hill more mm-hmm. than even in the moment. It felt like I was enjoying Sugar Hill. Like there's a lot of really good stuff in it i and i recommend it if you haven't seen it out there i think it's an interesting film yeah uh the end of the day though nino brown and wesley snipes performance is just kind of towering it's like a it's an amazing character he he puts it through the roof his arc is amazing it's super fun he gets to do everything like you said um he even cries a little when uh he has to deal with g money Oh yeah, well it's the the classic meme. You see the classic memes origin. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I, I boy a little late in the episode to get into it, but there did seem to be that they had a sexual tension. Yeah, a little bit. There is yeah, honestly, yeah. there is a bit Between of the a, two of them. Yeah. yeah, but you know, we'll if we we I have a feeling we might get a chance to talk about New Jack City again. So uh, we'll, we can talk about that next time around. Uh, my vote's with New Jack City. Sugar Hill was interesting. He's really good in it. It's a great yeah. leading role, but it's got to be New Jack City. Mark? I, I feel like I was doing that thing where I was watching Sugar Hill like the entire time. I'm like, there's no way I'm not voting for New Jack City when I was watching it. And then I did the thing where you start talking yourself into it, like like subtle bits and pieces here and there. I'm like, ooh, 
that 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 fried chicken scene. Ooh, the the other scene with his father. Oh, the scene where he's introducing himself to Michelle. Like 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 there's like four or five moments, and like I also just watched it today versus I watched New Jack City a few days ago. So like it, I think even more in my mind like oh like I was. But at the end of the day, it's New Jack City. It's 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 Nino Brown. It's one hundred percent Nino Brown. Yeah. Like I want. I think I was wanting to try it because I like New Jack City is also just a much more fun movie. Mm-hmm. So like that, the joy of the of the experience, it just like he is the catalyst. His performance is the catalyst for the joy of watching that. Movie. Mm-hmm. He just like pops off the screen the entire time, and he's just so fun. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So three zero, New Jack City, moving along, and it seems to me New Jack City could be heading into the front runner territory of what mm-hmm. we've seen so far. Like. I, will pretty this damn be, good yeah pretty will damn this, good will this be my first uh my first time a movie i predicted makes it to the makes it to the very end ah, we'll yeah. see we'll see we will see julie and julia uh, <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> don't wait did julie and julia make it to the finals no no oh, but did you I predict did. it what? i did <laughs> i did and, it, and it i lost um first round. and the first episode we ever did of the show <laughs> 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 the winner yeah and it lost to sophie's <laughs> choice <laughs> and the coveted accents region oh <laughs> uh, man that she's julia child was from fucking pasadena who'd have thought who knew i didn't yeah who knew Home- hometown girl yeah so new jack city moves along uh before we end of the show of course we got ourselves a game and this week snipe centric game Murder at 1600, a movie not in our tournament, but we might watch it for a bonus episode. Who's to say? Um, Wesley Snipes has been elected the mm. president of the United States. He, of course, needed a running mate. That's true. We get there. Who is Wesley Snipes' running mate? As he, And now vice president. Patrick, why don't you go first? Oh, man. So many. So, like... You know, we can go two ways. We can either go like full chaos or like realistically, how would this be possible? Because mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, if Wesley Snipes is president, then you got to get like a vice president who's like semi qualified, right? Or like, so, so, so I'm trying to think of Maybe. like, I mean, I like... Think that you also need kind of a, a contrast to get yeah. some different kind of voters, too. I... Like, I mean, remember when we did this in the street season, I chose Stone Cold Steve Austin to mm. run with um meryl streep because he definitely gets a different demographic and <laughs> like hot he, and cold yes and, and he can drop people with stone cold stunners if meryl streep needs him to and so, so yeah and so, so snipes can can drop those stunners so we yeah. have that so maybe we need we got that covered yeah so then a maybe, softer touch maybe a softer yeah. touch and i think that if you know what we're gonna heal the we're gonna heal the rift between Patton Oswalt and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> We've got the cool guy and the nerd, bully and uh, bully and wimp shaking hands. Patton Oswalt's the VP. Mm-hmm. He gets to you know he'll do his like Ratatouille impression. He'll wow Middle America with that. Wesley Snipes comes in with the swab. He gets the swab vote. Boom. Yeah, that's, that's all you need is Middle America and the Suave boat. That's all you need. Well, I mean, you get you get you get West Coast lib intellectuals who like wry humor. That's true. With there we go. Uh, Patton Oswalt, mm-hmm. but 
in Wesley Snipes, you get a guy that maybe the more conservative, maybe the Hawks out there are like, well, we can put the, this guy I know can lead the yeah. way in battle. He's a pre- yeah, he's a president I can drop in the middle of a uh, war. <laughs> And he, he can, can land a roundhouse kick. He can land yeah. a roundhouse kick. Yeah. He can, hey, I can see. hey, Vladimir Putin does a spin kick right there. War's yeah, over. Sure. See Vladimir Putin uh, shirtless on a horse. Yeah. Look at Wesley Snipes shirtless on a horse. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, he had some abs going on in these movies, by the way. He's oh, he the hunk of the week for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No. And America wins again. You put those two up against each other on a horse shirtless. Yeah, we, we know it's America. Fuck yeah. And Patton's he's behind maybe on a burro and he's wearing a shirt. He's like the yeah. Sancho Panza. To... Yeah, and that'll be funny. It's a twin yes. situation too, kind of. It is a twin. Twin. <laughs> hey, there we go. Uh, Snipes Oswald. Hey, it's kind of a twin situation. Twenty twenty four. Says on the bumper sticker. <laughs> you remember the movie Twins? It's kind of like that. Yeah, except they're not related in any way. But yeah, hey, come on. Come on. So mine's a pretty simple one. Okay. You know, going through who has had Wesley Snipes back. Oh. You know, someone, and also, though, kind of is a different kind of guy. And obviously, it's Chris Christopherson. Whistler from the Blade films. Whistler himself? (laughs) Whistler. You know, and he's a country singer. He's got the Americana vote going for him. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Too. Did you know that about Chris Christoph? Oh shit! I did and not he know that. He served in the military during the Vietnam War, so he's got that. He's a veteran. Yeah. So there's a lot of more boxes, and he's older. He can get some of the seniors because he's in his 80s now. He can get some of the seniors. Mm. Probably not the best. If something happened to Wesley, Chris Christopherson's probably not the best choice to take over the office at 85 <laughs> years old. But oh, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 you know? He would actually he would be the oldest president ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be really. <laughs> that's like such, a, that's such a, like like eight years with Donald Trump Jr.'s running for office. I got the best running mate possible. My dad and Donald, they wheeled the eighty year old Donald Trump out. Ninety seven year olds nearly dying. It was just like my son's an idiot. I I don't respect him at all. That's like his stuff speech. He looks like uh, the fucking uh, the German guy. What's that Clint Eastwood movie where he like works for the evil German guy that has like needs blood transfusions at all times? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. I was just thinking about Paul Rubens on that episode of 30 Rock. Oh, yeah, that's good. Too. That's, that's who gets to their dragon. <laughs> Trump, Trump is kind of like the American equivalent to a Habsburg. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, he is. Yeah. And Donald Trump Jr. clearly is following the is on that bloodline. I mean, look at the chin. Yeah. The Ruben, the Rubensfication. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Chris. I th- I'm a Chris Christopherson fan. You know, he could perform. Yeah. You know, whenever we need a song, we can give him to write a song. For so, sure. Mark, who do you got? <sighs> I feel like, <clears throat> yeah, softer touch. Like Wesley Snipes, you know, he doesn't appeal. He can appeal to Middle America, um, but I wanted to get a girl on this ticket. But I think I'm going to go with America's Dad. I think Tom Hanks is going to jump on the ticket with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> that is actually like the perfect. Like that's like everyone who's like too milk toast to vote for Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Tom Hanks is going to soften that ticket up for them. Like he's, they're both charming, but they're both charming in very different ways. Like Wesley Snipes is aggressively charming, and Tom Hanks is effortlessly charming. Mm -hmm. So I think like that'll 
I think that'll that'll soften the ticket enough. And like, who wouldn't who who doesn't love Tom Hanks? Everyone yeah. loves Tom Hanks. We all love Tom Hanks. That makes sense to me. So, uh, you know, somebody get the Democratic Party. You know, we got after after Biden, we got the bench is pretty pretty low right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll think about Snipes and one of these gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it's either gonna be this or Tim Kaine. So let's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe um maybe snipes will be vice president for matthew mcconaughey hey there you we know. go it's all I... on the table but uh another fun super fun episode guys good Great, ep. really fun movies uh mark thank you so much for joining us thank week. you for having me uh is there anything you'd like to plug on the way out i'm on twitter and instagram but i don't really post all that often so whatever Okay. Well, if you Mark, if you if you don't have a sports team, my team is uh, playing for the NFC Championship game. I'm a 49ers fan. If anyone wants to root for the 49ers and doesn't have any football affiliation, be happy to have you on board. Well, we as, just took uh, down Aaron Rodgers and all of his uh, <laughs> yeah, you COVID did. Joe Rogan nonsense. Yeah, our yeah. so. <laughs> RIP. Yeah, <laughs> to a to a dude. Yeah, <laughs> I I gotta say, I, I guess we're not related because I am a Seahawks fan oh yeah then we are definitely yeah there there it is there, there, we don't need to do 23 and me we've discovered it right there football <laughs> alliance uh but mark andrew wilson thank you so much for joining us next week we take it to the skies passenger 57 versus drop zone we in the uh coveted leading man division Oof. oddly enough i think i saw drop zone in theaters but i remember nothing about it Mm. The sky a skydiving picture, one of two skydiving pictures that came out the, that December of that year. Along there with was another movie. skydiving movie that Terminal came out. Terminal Velocity with Charlie Sheen was released around that t- <laughs> that same month. Both uh, did were disappointing. <laughs> it's wild to think that, like, to remember that when I was growing, when we were growing up, Charlie Sheen was considered a leading man. Yeah, we loved him in Major League just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Wild dog. I will say I'm kind of I'm so curious about Drop Zone because it's the same guy who directed War Games and Short yeah. Circuit. Yeah, John Badham, who is a really good like working Hollywood director. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, man. So like, movie. there's gonna be something there. Oh yeah, there's gonna be something there. The question is, what did he direct after Drop Zone? <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> Gulp. Uh, pulling, pulling, uh, collar, pulling collar. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we can, we could figure this thing. Oh, he, oh, he did Nick of Time with Johnny Depp, which was a real time movie where Johnny was like on the run from Christopher Walken. Nineteen ninety five. Don was very excited. Thought that that was going to be a very hip movie, but yeah, like a lot of like he did. Um, he did Stakeout. He did Bird on a Wire with Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. I, I saw like that Stakeout, one. actually. Stakeout's good, yeah. He did Hard The Hard Way with Michael J. Fox and James Woods, which is kind of a fun movie. Uh, apparently, every, everyone in America loves Stakeout because there was another, another Stakeout. stakeout. Was yeah. Stakeout, too, yeah. One of my uh, My only question, I think, was answered, like, Drop Zone did not end his career. No, it did not. He had, he had stuff after that. One of my finest polls that I ever did in improv was in the UCB scene where I was, we were doing a Herald, and the movie I suggested our family get together to watch was another stakeout, and it got a big laugh. I was like, good deep cut there, man. You know, that's what that's what people want. I could have just picked, like, Star Wars, like everyone else, but no, I picked mm-hmm. another stakeout. So. No, no, no. 
and it got me and it got me so far weird specifics weird specifics those weird specifics they were Uh, i'm not patrick i'm captain crunch <laughs> color, boy, color, boy, uh, color. So on, on that note, <laughs> another another episode of the books. We'll see you next week, and as we take to the skies um, for Patrick and Mark, I'm done. See you next time. Uh, would anyone want to come with me to Mars? I am Captain Crunch, after all. Shut up, you no talking bastard. <laughs> <laughs>